0: In 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts, and we promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. We are all the way up to album 21, Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen. (laughs) Hey guys, do you know what they call Bruce Springsteen six months later? Bruce Falstein. You know why they're called the E Street Band? Because if they were called A Street Band, everyone would ask them which one. Hey, what's the name of your band? A Street Band. Oh really, which one? Hey, should we call this state Jersey or New Jersey? And what should we call this big city that's in it? New Works. Perfect. Hmm. none of the guys are laughing at these puns. They don't realize how hard this podcast is for me when they don't laugh at every one of my clever wordplays. I sit here with the guys recording the podcast, barely listening to them when they talk. I just want to make my joke that I thought of, but I need to wait till they stop. My joke's not great, but for now it's just fine. But these guys won't stop talking, and I'm running out of time. Oh, but now I need to speak. I got something to say. Might get us off track, but we might laugh. I gotta talk over these bums. Because hosts like me, baby, we were born to pun. Oh, pun. pun.
1: Baby, we were born.
0: Hey, you know, I filmed a show about a sleepover at Bruce Springsteen's house. It's called Under the Cover's Boss. Hey, you know, if a tree sang this song, it'd be called Spruce Springsteen. I saw Bruce and Tony Danza on the train the other day. I went up to him and I said, hey, who's the boss? Baby, we were born to come. Baby, we were born
1: to come.
0: When you want to hear do. about the greatest <laughs> albums of all time. Very but good. you're just Very too good. lazy to look it up online. Aaron, spring is six months after fall. I get it. So, so, so we, we were talking, talking about the timing of this anymore. We were not talking about calendars. It's no longer December 22nd. Back did it better. Welcome everybody to Beck did it better. This is the podcast where we're looking at the top 500 albums as according to Rolling Stone magazine. And we're all the way up to 21, not even 10% of the way through, but don't think about that guys. We got to introduce you to everybody. So you can tell the difference between our voices. We've got Matt in Minneapolis, Matt, how are you doing? Excellent, Rob. Thanks for having me. No offense, Matt, but when you're talking, I did some spelling salts. I got Russ in Minnesota. <laughs> Russ, how are you doing?
2: Just one look and whisper and our podcast listeners are gone. Our podcast <laughs> listeners are a town full of losers, and I'm pulling it out of here for the win.
0: And out in California, I got Aaron. Aaron, how are you doing?
3: I'm ready to strap my hands across you guys' engines. Let's go. Okay. That was that so song is sweet. way
4: dirtier than you thought it was, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're such a bit-stealer, Rosie. <laughs> it's,
2: it's a sh- that, that was the first time that my... My not work computer got denied on a, on, a, <laughs> on a website when I was looking at the lyrics for Born to Run.
0: <laughs> so let's get right into it today. We've got a lot of content today, okay, guys? And I'm definitely not nervous about covering this album because I don't have much to say about it. So let's go to our voicemail. We've got a super special voicemail that was set up. So this, ep, this is coming out in three weeks. What's the date in three weeks? Do you guys know? It's like January, maybe like the 13th. Is that right?
4: Somewhere 12? around there.
0: Well, it's right, so Tuesday, right?: It comes around a very special well, time. Look, of year. So it's, it's, well, our it's our
3: favorite Tuesdays. Is
2: this before or after the Climate Czar takes office <clears throat> here? Uh, okay, before, well, just before we're, <laughs> we're not going right into politics right off the bat, so I know you love it.
5: Hey, it's Christopher from Minneapolis, just calling to wish Matt a happy 40th birthday. Oh. Buddy.: oh, Hello baby boy. Hey, oh, man. Billy from Minneapolis, Minnesota.: This
0: is Steve Ryan from West.
2: Oh. Bloomington.
5: Hi, this is Aaron That's from Minneapolis Jesus. calling to That's wish Matt deep. a happy, happy, happy birthday.
4: Hello, this is Jim from Hermantown calling to wish my older brother Matt oh boy. a happy We're 40th going deep. birthday. This
5: is Sarah, the landlord oh, yeah. from Hermantown. This is your father-in-law, <laughs> did From Gold Canyon, Arizona.
4: <laughs> <laughs> this <laughs> is Kevin here from Nashville.
5: This is Missy in Minneapolis. Whoa. This is Karen Ryan from Bloomington.
4: Holy Hi, cow. this
5: is Sarah and Jim May <laughs> from Eden Prairie, and we wanted to say happy birthday, Matthew George. Happy birthday, Matt. Hi, this is Megan and Ben from Minneapolis. Hey, this message is for Matt. Just want to say happy oh, birthday. Oh, Nick buddy. from Minneapolis.
2: Old school. Sarah. How does Matt have this many friends? I'm shocked. Sure. I thought we were the only ones. Happy birthday.
5: This is Sarah from Atlanta.
0: This is Dave from Richfield, yeah. Minnesota.
5: Happy birthday, Matt. Whoa! Patty from Richfield. This is oh. probably from the only dick in your life. Hi, this is Stacy from Minnesota. This is Brian calling from the birthplace of water skiing.
4: This is LaMana. Lake from South <laughs> St. Paul, Minnesota.
3: This is
2: Lucas from Minneapolis. This is Zach
4: Goring. From Apple Valley. Hi, Darren from... Oh, Coach Ishmael. Boring. Mark Johnson here from Mitchfield. Happy 405. I, I used to
2: play basketball Welcome with Welcome to the club. Kid. Yeah, this He's is Matt McDonald calling. I just wanted to wish Matt... Twelve. ...a very,
3: very happy Twelve. birthday. This is Jen
1: this from happen? Manhattan.
5: Hi, this is Neil from Lakeville.
3: Have a great birthday, and remember that when given the opportunity, always Iowa double down.
4: Love you, Tom. <laughs> oh, <honey. yeah. laughs> oh, he <laughs> did not. I a
5: little story to tell you. Uh, Matt was eight pounds, one ounce laundry birth, lady. and he had a little bit of complication. The cord wasn't <laughs> around his neck when he came out, so he had to be resuscitated, and they moved him from St. Mary's Hospital over to the university's uh, neonatal intensive care unit for observation. So the next day, Mike and I were able to go see Matt, um and here he was in the uh NICU with all these preemie babies, and because he was eight pounds, they didn't have any diapers in the NICU that fit him because he was too big. They only had the <laughs> preemie size.
1: <laughs> you were so too Matt big for it. Oh, normally that would be, be pretty good content. But
4: when his mom's say saying it, it's not that yeah, yeah, It's too um, bad your life didn't continue that way, right? It's too big. It's too big
5: for his body. Right. The man that was uh, attending the regular two size little, now for your uh, body or twins not? across the uh, <laughs> corridor from Matt took a look at Matt and so said, Typical
4: that, uh was he premature? Joan story. <laughs> keeps going. <laughs> oh no, no, he just
5: had the cord around his neck typical and all uh,
4: the at yeah. birth. So well, no. how can I edit but, his uh, mom?
0: Now? He's
5: okay and he's going back to the other hospital in a day or two. So anyway, that was Matt's uh, initial start in the world, and uh, luckily he didn't have
4: look any me. brain
5: damage from the asphyxiation. But uh, <laughs>
4: we're
5: so happy that he made it, and we're so happy that he's turned into such a great dad and husband. And so happy birthday, what about
4: Matt! Podcast host? Here's to another An assistant 40. Bye, podco- bye. podcast host. Wow! Holy cow!
5: Hi, this is Matt Clay from Minneapolis.
4: I, Just oh, wanted to
5: let you know that I wouldn't swap you for anyone. No swapping. Wow. <laughs> oh,
0: no no swapping. Swapping.
4: <laughs> he's disappointed by that <laughs> wow there's some deep cuts in there holy cow happy birthday, kevin from matt. nashville is, what, yeah well that was amazing geez, that's, Thanks Matt's away. wife
2: hasn't seen me with my quarantine beard yet that might change that <laughs> swiping might be game on here in a few months
4: <laughs> we're gonna keep her away from you russell <laughs> wow. i know happy and birthday, cow, and listen the baby holy boy of the podcast. happy birthday <laughs> matt. and listen matt if Thanks. you think i'm gonna
0: take that story that your mom told and cut the words up and make it into some <laughs> sick story for my own enjoyment <laughs> <laughs> then you know Rob really right. well seems yeah. like a lot of work and somebody would have to be teaching from home for two weeks to have time to do that <laughs> alright so happy birthday uh, I'll
2: never do that again alright so the old the old mad, mad asphyxiation tale is just going to be hammered over and over for the next 480 episodes yeah
1: yeah. Only
0: a little bit. of I like brain to call damage. that the Matt in the diaper uh, story. That was my that was my version of that story.
2: As I, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
4: and if you wanted to hear all the
0: voicemails played at once, then you could have heard the first part of this bit that I edited out.
4: Well, thanks. Hey, Rob. Rob, let me just say thanks to. Everybody. I don't know if I said it, but thanks to everybody. That that does mean a lot. There's some a lot of people I haven't heard from in a long time there. So I, I don't know who put it together, but thanks I, for that. It's, are these uh, people
2: downloading or are they just calling in? Because if they're not no. downloading, like we need to cut. No, most I mean out. I
4: guarantee. Not, right, you know my deep. Dark secret plan, right? is just to mention as many people as I can. So, like, you know, Neil from Lakeville and Nick from Minneapolis, and now we've got like Sarah from Atlanta and Kevin from Nashville, and some of the, you know, we've got we just keep mentioning people. There, we're going to get some uh, downloads out of this. So. I
2: noticed that asshole Magic Mike sixty nine or whatever his name is from Houston never called in to wish you any happy <laughs> <head James> birthday. <laughs> you don't know, you don't know your facts, I guess. That that's shameful. And I and I also
0: noticed that Russ and Aaron also didn't leave a message. All right, so. <laughs> uh, it seems strange that uh, such Thanks, good Rosie. friends do not do that. But... It
3: seems odd, right? That
0: uh, yeah, was kind of bullshit here. <laughs> mm-hmm. I asked them to and they just said no, which I thought was strange. All right, so
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: let's mouth. get into everybody's no second messenger. favorite segment after our famous rating system. You know what time it is. It's time to make fun of Aaron.
2: Oh, yeah. oh make fun of Aaron's worry, back. I love he it. it.
3: That beat is so good. Yeah. I I just like to hear it just for the not own a microwave drop.
0: All right. So Aaron, (laughs) (laughs) Aaron did the amazing thing there of talking over himself somehow. That was pretty impressive. I haven't heard that one before. All right. So
3: (laughs) over and under, I want
0: to, I pulled two clips from last week's episode. I just want to, I want to remind everybody. And I really only pulled these clips just to tell everybody, listen, we, we sit here, we talk for two hours. We try to make funny material. We're at the same time being very smart. Okay. Uh, and, yeah, and and definitely not just saying the word diaper over and over for an hour, hoping that that becomes a running gag because it's just so easy.
2: I just love how my new bubble headline is going to be. Yeah, people have told me I'm way too big for my diaper. <laughs> the way too big is the most important part. The word 2021 has is, is rolled over a whole new leaf for my starting dating. Great, my dating. World. Great. And
0: mm-hmm. so what we do is we try to say like things that maybe we can play off of, or maybe make into a running bit. So I'm just going to pull, pull. I have two clips from last week that I pulled of Aaron talking to us. And I just want to imagine that you have, you imagine that you were on a podcast with Aaron, you were trying to have a conversation and, and this happens,
3: man, don't get me started about the dew point.
0: I've really learned a lot about that in the last year and a half. <laughs> so I don't, what are we supposed to do with that? Aaron? <laughs> don't get me started about the, I dew point. <laughs> <laughs> on the it's dew point. It's a fascinating concept. Okay, so it's Explain to me what the dew point is and keep in mind, I do teach weather as part of my units as a science teacher.
3: It is the air temperature at which water turns to moisture, and it has it, it affects a lot of things
2: about how we perceive. Yes, use the word moisture also.
3: has uh, supposed to keep this
0: Weather, okay.
3: And as a cyclist, it changes the the road conditions very greatly. So it's an
0: important. It's a very fascinating concept. You were right. I should not have gotten you started about the dew point. All right, let's go and check the next, the next one. And this is a fun one to me because this is one where Aaron, we all thought Aaron was making a joke and he was making a serious point, which I think is a very funny bit. (laughs) I I, I would argue though that a a person in their basement is not going to make this whole album. They might hit a song. I don't think they would be able to create an album like this. No, because there are actually more
3: instruments than you can fit in a basement. You're Right. Wait, that wasn't even supposed to be funny. I was agreeing with Ralph. Oh, no
0: oh, so at the end, he has to explain, like I was not making a joke. There's actually more instruments that could fit in a basement.
2: <laughs> no, I think on one of our recent episodes, Aaron declared he's not trying to be funny on this podcast. There was a, a declarative statement. He's here, yeah. in all business. That's right. I'm serious, Ser- serious. So listen, is it
0: is this just word. because I love making fun of Aaron and that's why I want to do this bit any chance I get, even with the littlest slight hint that I could do it?
4: Oh, that door's cracked, Rob. You 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 go pounding right through that door. I cannot get enough
0: of making fun of Aaron. So that was our favorite segment, making fun of Aaron. Let's get into our, I don't know, what is this? Maybe our fifth favorite segment? I don't know. I don't get a lot of feedback from people, actually. Mostly people just calling to wish Matt a happy birthday. I don't actually get a lot of other voicemails. But we are going into (laughs) rolling going. It's, 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 time to see what everybody's up to. It's time for rolling. oh yeah so listen we started out by making fun of aaron so aaron what's rolling going with you and say something interesting and funny uh, well (laughs) yes
3: so i I, well i got rob (laughs) you know i gotta get a little bit serious on my rolling going Uh, i'm feeling good i'm happy it's new year's day i'm happy to turn over the calendar for another day i spent the day with my family uh we ate black eyed peas and collard greens so that was good but uh, we did learn yesterday. I love how you said you,
2: stayed, you spent the day with your family. Like you haven't done that for the last 10 yeah. months every single day or what?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, it's true. Yeah, we spent a lot of time together, but we went for a, a little hike and it was nice. Now, when you ate and, the uh, black eyed
0: peas, did you say, let's get it started?
3: I should have said that. Rob, I should have called you. I should have, I yeah, I should
2: have said, let's yeah, get it started. Yeah, don't say the other
0: version of that song. I love here. how it's so you, offensive.
2: Yeah, I love how you censored yourself. Oh, well, the fact there. that that <laughs> other version of the song
0: exists is wild.
2: Once again, don't
3: get me started. It was, uh, it was my first attempt at making Hop and John, so I cooked the rice in with the black-eyed peas and threw it in the oven. And I wasn't using white rice, so it was
0: brown rice, which is like a different, oh, you know, whole... Cooking brown thing. rice is almost impossible.
3: It's tough, yeah. But it, it turned out really well. I was happy with it. My son didn't eat it, but um, he had a chicken sausage uh, and some rice and then threw his rice on the floor, so that was all right. But uh, but Rob knows I got to get a little bit serious. We found out yesterday that uh, MF Doom passed on to the next plane of existence and uh, I requested that Rob play a little bit of MF Doom during my rolling going. I don't like to get too serious, but Doom was one of the rappers who uh, really changed how I listened to music.
0: Uh, I is bought his CD
3: at Fifth Element in Minneapolis back in the day. This is from Operation Doomsday. Uh, and he passed uh, on October 31st, but his family didn't tell the world until yesterday. And um, many, many people have written about it more eloquently than I ever could. But Doom was one of my favorite rappers. Um, his songs run around through my head all the time. And I didn't realize until much later that he's responsible for my love of Sade because he was sampling Sade all the time. And when I finally came to Sade later in life, I'd be like, oh, Doom sampled this. Uh, although the, the track I've, I requested isn't, isn't a Sade sample. But um, uh, rest in peace to MF Doom. Uh, so that's my rolling going. I was, um, you know, I, I try not to let the uh, celebrity um, passings affect me. But this one kind of did just hit me in the, in the nostalgia button. So I had to, had to bring it up since we're a music podcast.
2: Was MF doom also the inventor of that game doom, the computer game, like the first person that shooter where you ran amazing. around and blew away the Nazis. I or don't not?
3: think he was, but that would be, did incredible. he go to
2: medical school right. and then, uh,
0: go against the Marvel characters as Dr. Doom?
3: He did. Well, I mean, his whole thing was Dr. Doom. Yeah. He was like inspired by Dr. Doom. He, he, uh, he got his start. Aaron, <sighs> Rob,
0: you don't, No, I do want to, you don't and actually, me. if you, if you <laughs> don't know who MF doom is, because I had no idea when Aaron texted me, but, uh, if you want to go look him up, you need to go now. He wore a metal mask at all times, right? Like a Thor type mask. Correct. Correct. But what was the reason for that? I I, I think I think musicians uh, who dress in costumes are there. There should be a documentary made about people like Buckethead. There should be a documentary made about the people like in ooh, Slipknot. Have you uh-huh. ever seen Buckethead? He just has the KFC bucket oh, on his yeah. head with a mask, and he plays guitar. Uh, in uh, what was he in Velvet Revolver? And then the guys in like Slipknot who are always in costumes or like Guar. Shout out Anthony. The fellow, idea that you would right. want to be a musician and not let Gorillas. anyone recognize who you are is wild to me. All I want with this podcast right. is to be famous. Why would that, anybody not want that?
3: There are some, right? There, I saw last night, I, spent, I went down a, a doom rabbit hole last night. There's footage of him as um, his previous persona, Zev Love X, performing on Arsenio without the mask. Uh, but I'm, it's going to be another downer. He was in a group called KMD with his brother, Subrock. Subrock passed away in a car accident. Doom disappeared forever, uh, for a long time. And then when he came back, he always wore the mask. His name is Daniel Dumoulin. His uh, government name was Daniel Dumoulin. But um, after his brother passed, he just felt that he was a different person. So he always wore the mask after that, once he came back. But he disappeared a long time, uh, and then came back, and he was um, he was doomed. So yeah, he only wore the mask uh, in in uh, all of his concerts. and. Um, Yeah, he was he was a sort of goofy, uh, free association kind of rapper, you know, long verses, internal rhyme schemes. And um, I listened to him a lot, you know, uh, back in the day. He's one of those people where they pass and you think like, oh, shit, I haven't listened to Doom for five years. And then you put it on again and takes you right back to wherever you were when you first listened. So I highly recommend getting into some Doom if people are in that mood.
2: Rob, you had mentioned Slipknot or one of you guys mentioned Slipknot. I believe the drummer from Slipknot is the son of Max Weinberg. Was the drummer for the Whoa. E Street Band here. I did not know That's that That's crazy. Happened? I did no, not I know, didn't know that.
3: that one. That's fun.
0: That's super they, fun. That, they probably had a basement full of instruments, like what Aaron was saying. It's just a bunch of drum kits down there. He's like, I can go. <laughs> in, and it in probably Moines, depends Iowa. on the
4: size of their house, how big their basement actually was. <laughs> I wonder if there's was. a
0: basement where you could fit all the instruments. <laughs> Dumb shit. Of course, the <laughs> right. basements are different sizes. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
4: All right. So. The basement at the Alamo, where Pee Wee's bike was. <laughs> By the way, I saw we're doing Pee Wee. There, there was in this a. There was a.
0: Something on Twitter <laughs> where the, the day <laughs> that Large Marge died was like three days ago.
1: Yeah. And
0: that part of that movie scared the hell out of me. And in fact, to the point where I don't really want to show my kids Pee Wee's Great Adventure, even though it's like Pee Wee's Big Adventure, even though it is like a legitimately funny movie, I think, because that Large Marge scene was so scary to me
4: as a child. Thoughts? I
1: went <laughs> that- I thought it
4: was scary, but I thought that movie. Was like the epitome of hilarity before like Dumb and Dumber and stuff came along. I could not get enough of of him and talking hello, Francis, you know, and all that stuff. I thought and his show with on Saturday mornings. I don't know, you know. And then all of a sudden, he turns out he's hanging out in movie theaters and stuff. Which whatever, but he's hilarious. I thought the movie was scary. uh,
0: Yeah, the movie he was watching the movie theater you thought was scary. I don't think you understood. I don't think you read the news article right. That wasn't a scary movie he was watching.
2: It's it's just science, right? You know, you just. I think that's what he yelled when he got caught. It's
0: just science.
4: (laughs) It's just science. (laughs) Don't
0: worry about it. It's just science. Rolling going, man. How's it going with you?
4: Uh, good, good. Uh, throwing me off a little bit with the birthday thing. You know, I'm uh, I'm a millennial. I don't know if you guys know this that (laughs) the Pew, not anymore, the Pew Research Center has determined that anybody born January one, nineteen eighty one, uh to like ni- nineteen ninety six or something is is technically a millennials. Is that why you're so much cooler than us, man? Yep. At yeah. least that's why I think I am, you know, and that's why I walk around with that chip on my shoulder yes. like I, I think I am. I and, know a uh, lot
2: of I know a lot of millennials that wear double knit Cleveland brown sweatshirts, <laughs> so I think you would fit this right is in a there. Champion of the Sorry, I apologize. <laughs> I, I apologize. I had I'm it wearing
4: wrong. it uh I I thought I had a, a Washington R words team one this week and a guy pulled pulled back on me and I'm just pissed. I've I probably bought mm, 10 or 12 reverse weaves. It's kind of my uh it's been my covid hobby is to search eBay to find uh, Champion reverse weave sweatshirts. I don't want to take us down a sweatshirt rabbit hole Matt, but I need to understand <laughs>
3: what is reverse weave i need to know more about the technology i have no idea (laughs) to be honest
4: with you i have absolutely no idea all i know i mean it's got to be something with how thick it is and how the material i I, I don't know know, i I should look look it up aficionado i need to know what it is you like about all i know is that the reverse weave champions like from like the 80s and 90s they're just thick hardcore heavy duty sweatshirts and i just I like them. I don't know. I yeah. mean, so they feels were like better, they actually was have like a, a sweatshirt. A thing on. thing
3: where they were made better at the time, and like they don't make them like that anymore. Kind of thing.
4: Well, yeah, I don't know. Probably. Yeah. I mean, at least if if it if it is like true, then yeah. But if I mean, if anything, it makes me feel like they're that much better quality and all that stuff. So I don't know. But half of it is just finding like the old logos, like you, nobody can see that you know. But this Cleveland it's a Browns a one. I mean, you can't yeah, joke, you can't find stuff like that anymore. And I found like a Kansas basketball one, and a, I got uh, a couple of weeks ago. I wore my Gopher uh, marching band one with Goldie Gopher oh, the marching out. Those I mean, marching like,
2: band, those marching band players, they get out of control. I <laughs> hey, never man,
4: heard about the, the you, Wisconsin marching American band. Pie. Those guys are oh, yeah. they're out there. I heard Rosie <laughs> got caught playing with his instrument in band. Oh, one, so we won't no, get into oh, that. Not oh, that. my, it's not my yeah. instrument. He yelled it. He yelled oh, oh. it.
0: Science. <laughs> Right it's when you got caught. No, but I, I don't know. Yeah, you know, is it true, you know, it's is it so, true that the sweatshirts but, remind you of an umbilical cord wrapped around your neck, and that's why you like them so much? <laughs> oh, <gosh.
4: laughs> that yes, mean? that is true. You heard that correctly, Rob. That is true. <laughs> they remind me of a nice tight diaper. Yeah, I thought
0: about a half second about not making that joke,
4: <laughs> just to go through, just to, in case right. anybody was wanting to hear from me. No, now, we <laughs> sidetracked
2: you on your roll and going. Where were you going once again? We've yeah.
4: yeah. Uh, You guys are like 18 for 18 on that. that (laughs) Yeah. So as the resident millennial on this uh, podcast, I just wanted again to say thanks to Rob for putting that together. Whoever did. sounds like maybe Sarah, some of those people had to get, get hold of you through Sarah. So thanks for doing that. Not Russ um, or Aaron. They did not contribute. I don't want to, I don't want to take up too much more time on this, but I got to ask since Rosie did bring up, we are, we are uh, recording this on January 1st (laughs) on, on new year's day. Do you guys, have you, has anybody ever had a new year's resolution that's worked out for them ever? I was going to have a positive,
2: uh, dating life for like the last Mm -hmm. 17 years. And each year it's been like a monumental failure. (laughs) So I'm not good. I'm not good at keeping the resolutions. Actually, I had one resolution. I I held pretty strong on this one, probably five, six, seven years ago. I did. I'm going to do no pop, no, no Coke, no nothing. And I stood very strong for it and I made it about three years. And then I finally gave wow. in and kind of, it's got, it's got back in my life a little bit, but not like it was before, but I got rid of pop for multiple years and I stuck to it. That sounds like hell. Rob,
4: anything ever worked for you?
2: Uh,
0: <laughs> no, I don't really, no. I don't know. I don't, I set like my goals, I set are for like weightlifting. So it's more like meat to meat, but it's not, I don't know. I don't, I don't ever start the new year with like, Oh, this is a new goal. I, because I'm not teaching during this time, and so I'm so lazy. Like my goal is to like maybe get out of bed, you know, during the day at some point. Like that's about it. <laughs> yeah. I know, looking at me, you think I'm a man who has a lot of goals and who has reached those goals, uh, but that's actually not true. I'm a huge mess, believe it or not. Aaron, how about you?
3: I think there was maybe one. I've done, I mean, I, I'm not on Rob's level in terms of fitness and, and uh, working out, but I have set numeric goals for myself. um, Some of which I've failed, like, oh, I want to, you know, get back under 16 minutes on tunnel road, which I didn't do. But um, I think the one that, the one that actually (laughs) stuck for me was, I was like, I'm going to read a book every day. Like I'm going to read, you know, even just one page from a whole book. No, God, no. I mean, I'm going to like, Read You're like yelling a at book your kids. Every day. I am trying to yeah. read a book.
0: <laughs> I set this goal and I misspoke when I read, set the goal and now I have to do it.
2: <laughs> it's like 4 30 on january 1st and aaron's losing his shit because he's not following through like green eggs and ham he can't get through the whole thing like there's this part there's this part in like the third yeah. uh, the rising action of green eggs yeah. and ham where aaron just gets stomped. he can't and the mouse get through and he's like play. there yeah. goes
4: my whole book i will not eat them with a mouse yeah. i will not eat them in a house i will not eat them here or there i will not eat them anywhere i'm never gonna get Getting through all pissed. my books but and that, that one's gotten easier as as
3: you know apps have gotten smaller. Like now I have a Kindle and an iBook app on my phone, so I can always be reading something. But I still try to keep something paperback in the rotation. But that's the only thing that ever yeah. really stuck for me. How about you, Matt?
4: Well, I I I think it was either sixteen or seventeen. I stopped the pop thing just like Russell. And I've probably had oh like a can and a half total since, and it's usually up in North Dakota Jesus. where you're mixing uh Captain diets or something. And I'm just forced to do it. Cause I'm already half in the bag, but um, <laughs> I, I distinctly remember it being like October of that year. And I'm still just have strong cravings for a pop. And then finally, like in middle of October, November, I finally got over it. But I mean, that was, I, I, I don't know. That's about the only thing that's ever, ever stuck with me on, uh, on a new year's resolution. So do you drink like sparkling water? Like, what do you drink? Nope. I don't get it. Uh, Water. And that's yeah, it. That's about
0: it. Yeah, straight yeah. water.
4: I, I think that. Yeah, Russ. Is there a water. big
0: surprise that the two most boring guys on the podcast just drink water? Like isn't that wild? No offense, guys.
3: Well, I drink water um, until I, four I p.m. Think- and then it's whiskey and then wine and then whiskey and oh, beer. No. Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: Okay, so yeah, that's why Aaron's drinking water. Yeah, he's, he's he's yeah he's like oh just water then whiskey yeah. at four <laughs> water
2: by until by the way that's
0: yeah that's a little on the early side. Some people would say, but okay. So that's why Aaron's the coolest guy in the podcast. Sorry, dad. <laughs> okay. So again, you don't have to call me that. I've said that a number of times. I've edited it out every time. Uh, but so you don't drink, you don't Russell. What do you like? What do you drink now? First? Do you drink sodas now? I guys, I cannot handle like I, it's, I'm i a soda a day now. Maybe I should not drink sodas. Should I take up this goal this year?
3: Hmm. well when do you I drink your soda it. do you do it as like a pre-workout or post-workout or is it like no when, i do it soda? like
0: well i do it right now during the podcast because i'm trying not to fall asleep yeah,
2: i love how aaron's about to shame you for like just doing it for your personal enjoyment like your no, sugar no. fix like <laughs> i'm just saying like, like maybe, rob he's like do you use it before your workout after you work out it's like yeah he's just, he's just drinking it because it makes him feel good yeah i mean well
0: that's great then do it because look at this also, also Dwayne reed downstairs they sell these cans look at these cans of diet coke this is not oh, a normal size can this is a tall boy I new, yeah. <laughs> and i love it but maybe i should have a big head if, rob, you, so. if
3: you knew rob just, Rob held the can up next to his ear like a i held up to like my a, head like, like that brick the thing everybody knows like yeah. my head
0: is equal to one foot or something <laughs> yeah maybe i should quit that and then i immediately think like i don't want to okay i'm gonna get back to you on that one i might do it guys just, rob, just to do it
2: rob You could just make a New Year's resolution to organize a funnier podcast and just keep making more jokes this time and start it right. now. Start it tonight, right? Get Aaron out of here
4: in 2020. (laughs) New Year's resolution.
2: I was able to write
0: those six puns you heard at the beginning of this podcast, no problem. Okay, I only had to steal two of those online by typing in "Bruce Springsteen jokes?" Question mark. Not a lot of results. By the way, wait.
3: Wait. Do you get better results if you add the question mark at the end?
0: Well. No, I type out question mark. I
3: I feel like the question mark is implied if you're already Googling it.
0: I don't know. (laughs) I write no question mark. This is not a question. Are there dinosaurs? Not a question. Just a statement. Okay. I don't know where I'm going with
2: this. Matt's most recent Google search. Does my asphyxiation have anything to do with me filling out my diaper? (laughs) (laughs) Question (laughs) mark. Totally different results when you put the question mark at the end. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. Russ, we're rolling going.
0: How's it going with you?
2: It's going great. As you guys know, as part of our kind of quest of listening to all these albums and doing this podcast, I've told some people that, hey, I'm listening to these albums. And as part of it, sometimes I'll have a a cocktail that's specifically designed for that specific album. Usually I just kind of go the Rob route. I try to take some pun or something. But one of my my friends sent me a book, and it's called Booze and Vinyl, A Spirited Guide to Great Music and Mixed Drinks. Now, so Russell, did your
0: friend sign who sent that to you? Do you know who sent it to you? Yes. Okay. Yes, then never I do mind. Know who I was, sent it to okay, me? Okay. Never mind. I was going to take credit. Maybe if you was a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, <laughs> okay. Keep going.
2: Well, I'll give you credit for it if you want Great, it. Great. No problem. You're welcome, uh, Russell. Essentially, it's this book that includes seventy albums, and they're in four separate chapters: rock, dance, chill, and seduce. And oh, so each mm. of the albums has a side A drink and a side B drink, where it's kind of like pairing some sort of cocktail or some sort of drink with the album that you're listening to. And it's interesting that born to run by Bruce Springsteen is in the book. So I was going to tell you guys about that, but before I told you about that one, I had to unfortunately tell you, Matt, there is no Pearl jam in this book. So you are not allowed to drink while you're having fun on this podcast. Can I
4: ask ask one question? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. Should there really be a a book about drinking and a category with seduce? In it? Like is oh, that yeah. appropriate? <laughs> True. Are they, are they, is it like an appropriate is it an appropriate section? Have you looked at it just to make sure that oh oh man,
2: I've looked at that section. I've read that section cover <laughs> to cover about eight times in the last eight hours. But no pearl
4: jam. Listen, I'm no, not gonna so touch that. So there's no pearl Sons jam
2: Rob, I went to look for you. They might be giants. No, they might be giants oh. in the book. So you are also not allowed to drink during during this podcast. And Aaron, I have to say I was really Bummed that there was also no slobber dog. Your favorite band oh. slobber dog, <laughs> was <Slobber> not included <laughs> I'm in the book. So
0: surprised! Why would they be?
3: So,
2: well,
0: I would make a greyhound and then put like some whipped cream on top. That's easy, easy drink called the slobber so, dog. S-
2: so none of you I guys are allowed book. to drink tonight. But for they did have Bruce Springsteen "Born to Run." I figured I'd just share you guys with this at the top of the podcast. Okay, I think it's
0: spring water All right. and a stein, and you put it in a stein.
2: So and it's, some it's not a
0: spruce needle in it, and it's called Spruce Springstein. <laughs> okay.
2: Did you have to Google that too, Rob? Okay. Rob, you should have wrote this book. It might have been more creative than what they actually have in the book. <laughs> that was but- way
0: funnier than you guys gave me credit for. But go on.
2: <laughs> but the 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 drinks they suggested is they suggest a side A drink and a side B. So for side A tonight, I'm going to be doing a boiler maker, which is a beer and a shot of bourbon. So if anyone Oof. wants to join me. For a boilermaker tonight on side A of this, we're going to be doing a boilermaker.
3: I'm in for that. I got my Montucky cold snack. Um, unfortunately, I already drank my shot of bourbon, but I'm I'm with
2: you, Russell. <laughs> so I'm going to have at it right now. I All have my right. old granddad. You guys, we were talking about like the new year and kind of starting anew. And I thought maybe I could get some dating advice from you guys as I go into 2021 and Let's try to the reverse corner. the curse and, and make it things corner. a little different this year. Hey,
0: guess what? First. 2020, goodbye. But guess what stays? Oh, the get, corner. Get, get.
2: To the <laughs>
0: the it's time for Russell's Advice, Advice corner. corner. Oh, yeah. One of the originals, the OC drops.
2: So one of the things with the online dating apps is you kind of have to s- decide, you know, what are my best pictures? What are the pictures that I want people to to? She's going to see this and say, I want to date that guy. And I was kind of going through my pictures and thinking maybe I need to change it up a little bit, pick some new pictures. And I was wondering what you guys thought of this. Over the last year, at some point, I grew a quarantine beard and it was quite large. It was, you know, big, dirty, just like this big gray beard. It was like very Santa Claus looking. Nice. And I, I think like it kind of made me look old, but I also thought it looked pretty cool. And so I was wondering, what do you guys think about me leading with the beard picture on my dating profile, just on the off chance that like 5% of the women in the world are into like the old dude with the beard?
3: I, so here's the thing. I. I right. think it's 100% worth the shot. And, and I've seen your quarantine beard. It's much cleaner than you give it credit for. Yeah, right. it is impressive. But I will say this. I learned from a friend of mine who has been a frequent Beckline caller that mm. men tend to like facial hair on other men more than women do. So when this friend mm. of mine grew a mustache, I was like, dude, I love that mustache. He was like, yeah, that's been my reaction from men. My wife hates it. <laughs> So I don't know if you should take my advice on this, but I, I say go for it on the quarantine beard.
4: Well, I would be concerned about this, Russell. Wouldn't wouldn't you be concerned that somebody was like into beards and then you showed up and you didn't have the beard and then they were like, yeah, or you know had like the well, well, I, the that's when I tell them
2: about the podcast. It's like a bait and switch. I get them in there and then at least they get the download out of it, right? Yeah.
4: <laughs> All about the pod. I mean, isn't that kind of setting it up for? I mean, I don't know if like. If you were into blondes and, you know, it's like, oh, there's a blonde chick here. And then all of a sudden a uh, brunette showed up. I mean, it's not like shocking or anything, but it's like not the person you thought. Russell you were would stand up and I yell, no, would run out. Like, <laughs> I mean, isn't that like a, has that happened to you where if somebody showed up and like looked completely different than their picture no and you're like, no
2: way that's happened. Yeah, her her beer, her beard did not match the profile, and I was pissed. <laughs> the carpet didn't match the drapes. <laughs> no, that's that's not what that means, man.
0: I'm gonna. Oh, oh this, sorry. I'm gonna, <laughs> that's, that's a oh, sorry. Okay, my birthday gift to you is after this podcast. I'm going to show you a couple of things here. Um, <laughs> Why not do both Russell? Why not have multiple pictures? I think you got no, the, I think the, you got spread that net. You got to spread that net as wide as you can to catch as you say all those slimy little fish and you got to get as many as you can up there. I mean that's you know that's how you eat. That's the way it goes. And I'm sorry I said that.
2: <laughs> well, well, I think I might take well, your guys advice and do a little bit of a combo and go with the beard as the lead in but also show my, clean, my cleanly shaven face so there's not a shock when I show up with my Beck did it better t-shirt and start pimping the podcast (laughs) for an hour and a half at McDonald's while we're eating fish fillets with cheese. I just,
0: I just cannot imagine picking pictures out for a dating site. That would be my absolute worst nightmare. Oh my God. That's terrible. That's it. Time's up. Get out of the corner. That was Russell's advice corner. Oh yeah. So you is guys might be wondering. wondering
3: rolling, going with Rob
0: for me. What is more embarrassing than walking around my apartment wearing VR goggles? Well, it turns out that I can live stream myself, and it goes to Facebook. Okay. Oh no! So then I was watching my own live stream of a video game I had played earlier that day, and me talking over the game. And then oh, I was laughing. I was laughing at that. Oh, so I was listening to myself play video games. I was laughing at that.
2: I, I feel worse about myself being on this podcast, knowing that this is what Rob does in his free time. I, and then right. That embarrassed me,
0: (laughs) but then I realized that my wife had then taped me watching my own live stream and laughing at myself, and then had posted that to her Instagram. (laughs) So it was probably the most humiliating thing of all time of me watching myself play video games, laughing at me, and then now I'm watching it on public, you know, on social media with everybody else watching, too. Not good.
4: That's like 19 degrees of social media. Yeah, that's that's a lot of layers. That's crazy, yeah. Parfaits have layers.
0: Listen, I'll, my life is not perfect. Uh, yeah, I know I, looking I at me and hearing me, you think, oh, Rob's life, there's nothing wrong with it. Everything is just smooth. No, sometimes people watch how, me watch me playing video games.
2: I love how Aaron just said, is that your rolling going? When Aaron has literally brought like 18 straight weeks of like, oh, I had lettuce and black eyed peas for lunch today. Like,
4: you just really going to bring Rob. this pod down a little bit, guys. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's your I don't want to bring going. it down, bro. <laughs>
0: I'm going to step in and say, I think Aaron I mean, is doing a Aaron, great job. Aaron, I'm going to defend you for once. Okay? Aaron, other
2: than like the two weeks where you were living in the garage. I mean, let's get, let's get, let's get your shit straight here. What the hell? Guys,
0: isn't making fun of Aaron. It's like drugs. You need it. Like you do a little bit of it and you're like, okay, well I'm done with that. And then you're like, wait, I need just a little bit more to feel normal. Okay. Look out! Pretty soon you'll be making your own drops. That's what happened to me.
2: I couldn't stop thinking of Aaron though about when he was living in the garage with the rodents and the rats. When I was listening to this ep or the the album, because there's like five or six uh, references to rats in in this Bruce Springsteen album, and I kept thinking like Aaron's rat traps are filled with Soul Crusaders, and I just kept I kept thinking about Aaron and his he yeah Aaron. Me. What the hell, man? You can't rip anyone's roll and go and you, You've been giving us <laughs> recipes for the last. Four months. This this is fair. This is fair. I also wanted <laughs> the to say barn that
3: Asbury Park gets me.
2: That's as as this podcast has
0: declared earlier, we are not caring about what date it comes out. Although Matt's birthday is kind of has thrown that in for a wild loop. But today <laughs> is January first, and last night I was watching the New Year's Eve. It turns out, am I the only one who still watches the music acts on New Year's Eve? I've always yes. posted about it to Facebook. I text my sister, and last night she was like, "You're the only one who watches this." And I was like, "Wait, what?" I started at eight p.m., so I watched four and a half hours straight of music on oh, New Year's no. Eve. I had a great time. I love it because it introduces me to bands where I've like, I, I should know the music because I'm a middle school teacher. So last night, for example, I did not actually know who machine gun Kelly was. I thought he was great. He did a great job. I've never seen 24 carat before. I thought they were great. And I've never actually, I don't know if I've actually seen Megan Thee stallion before perform, Boy, there's just she's something about that performance I just I thought was wonderful. OK, and I'm going to probably <laughs> watch it again and again on YouTube in a the theater. I don't even know
2: who this is. Is this like an inappropriate thing? That is Rob. Making she is one of the best or? rappers do it. You, I
3: mean, she's one of the best rappers out there right now, like legitimately can rap her ass off. But also is a, a nice looking lady.
2: Rob, were there any old school acts on or not? Uh,
3: ones I said we would see, know.
0: I did see in Vogue.
2: Oh, yo, oh, never going to get it.
0: Yeah, it was. They were very good, and one of them is extraordinarily tall, which is always weird when you see an act where it's just like one very tall. And then Cindy Lauper was on, and she was terrible.
2: So, oh, sad. She yeah, it was Lopper.
0: Wow, it was not oh, good. Man.
2: She would have been past her time if this was like the year two thousand millennial shit. Like, how is she on right now?
0: It was, it push. well, that's, that's a, that's a COVID New Year's Eve for you. They're like, okay, who can we get? Who can we get? Cindy Lauper. Cindy Lauper. I think
2: she might have a Broadway
3: show though. Maybe she's trying to promote that or something.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. In the many Broadway shows that are going right now. I, All right. <sighs> Hey, come to my show. It's not running at
4: all. Oh, Rosie, huh. he's still he's still just mad because you called him out for saying that he was. What did he say? That his his mother in law knows that he's the gift to all guys or something yeah. like that. Yes. Uh, so he, he's still just mad for that he won't bring it up. And we thought we he said don't bring it up, guys, before the pod started. Mm-hmm. But he's still mad that you called him out for being the gift of gift of guys. And then you something. and Where then you
2: called st- him out for bringing up a boring rolling going here like you're a sandwich yeah, he right just a savage right now.
4: Man, I don't, I don't understand. When you cut him, when you cut him, Rosie, he hurts. I have said it before, and <laughs> I'll say it again: him. you cannot damage my
0: self confidence. It is absolutely sky high right now. There's nothing you can do. <laughs> so,
2: Rob, <laughs> if if you listen to what we thought of that intro song, it would be damaged. It would be damaged.
0: <laughs> I did tell them. I said, guys, don't laugh during this because the joke is that it's going to be silent. They did not laugh, and I don't think it was part of like them acting. There was a lot of like confused looks. I was like, how? how what are they looking at? The jokes are so simple and great. Let's, so we are talking about Bruce Springsteen born to run. This, this is an album that came out in 1976. And I think uh, it is probably interesting to think about what Bruce Springsteen was doing before this. This is his third album with uh, Columbia records. And basically it was their last chance to make this guy work. Apparently when Bruce had started with Columbia, Columbia had come out and basically said, this guy is the next Bob Dylan. And, and Bruce Springsteen absolutely hated that label. But this was the one where they're like, if you don't do it on this album, you're done. Like he just knew like this this is going to be it, and so he put the work into this album. And in fact, a song like Born to Run, he worked on that for twelve months. Wow, I mean, he or six months on that song, twelve months on the entire album. Like this 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 is the the album that made Bruce Bruce the Bruce we know today. And he it kind of set up an interesting thing that you see in a lot of albums from here on out, which is. They call it the four corner strategy where they start the side with an up song. They end it with a down song. Uh, the second side, they're starting with an up song and they end it with a down song. So we'll see that as we go through the,
2: it sounds like my dating strategy, like, <clears throat> It hit it with a high note and then end with a complete disaster at the end of it and, <laughs> and I ask him out again and I think it's going to go well and then mm-hmm. they don't respond and it, it, it ends on a down note it's a four corner strategy I run
0: yeah it's kind of like the reverse Aaron where oh Aaron how are you doing and then he starts with the absolute lowest possible thing you can start with and then slowly <laughs> crawls and brings it up as it goes
2: every artist I've ever listened to died today so we'll go through <laughs> that right now <laughs> Yeah, who knew an asphyxiating baby was the highlight of our podcast so far? Oh
3: <laughs> All right. No. Jeez. <laughs> what?
0: No. what? He's right here. <laughs> well, the diaper oh, that doesn't
2: fit. Yeah. <laughs> He's turned, he just turned 40. Congratulations. He fills, he fills that diaper out though.
0: All right. So let's start off on one of those high notes. This is Thunder Road. Oh, oh, thunder, road.
3: Oh, thunder Road. I mean, this is like Dylan, like the piano is Dylan-esque.
4: The poetry but you understand, you understand why he absolutely hates the comparison, right? Yes. I mean, like his songwriting chops are there with Dylan, but he is completely different. I mean, he yes. is like 100 miles an hour. Uh, you know, let's make this a three-hour concert. You're going to get everything I've got on stage, and that's what he's there for is the live, the live act. And that's what everything he puts. You can hear it throughout this whole album that all these songs are made for live act. And I, I I I don't blame him one bit for hating being compared to to Dylan like that. Even yeah. though I think their uh you know their writing skills are on par with each other. Right. It's wild to me too. Like in
3: my mind they're completely different generations and they're yeah. not that far apart. I mean, what, uh like Rolling no. Stone or no. Highway Sixty One's from sixty seven? Is that right? No,
0: earlier than that. Sixty five, maybe. And then this is ten years later. He's come out and said <laughs> that Dylan was a big influence on him, but I think just that, I mean, how would you like to be labeled? First of all, I would love to be labeled the next Dylan. I don't think it's going to yeah, happen, right. but you can see where when you want <laughs> to come on and make music to get to compared to somebody, it'd be almost be impossible. By the way, Russ uh, sent me a message in the chat and he said, I noticed you didn't make a pun with that song. Okay. Well, it is. What Name. if, what if a kid asked you where the sewers were and you'd have to say thunder road Thunder, under, Thunder road. Okay. That's getting edited out. Would you guys stop staring at me like that? When I do a bad joke, please. <laughs> I need just any kind of feedback. When Aaron doesn't laugh, I know it's really bad. All right. <laughs> Next up, we've got uh, 10th Avenue Freeze Out. This is a song oh, about the formation man, of so the bad. band. The jungle, Bruce has come out and said, I have no idea what the title of this song means, but it's important.
2: But he is singing about when the big band, when Clarence joins the band. Like, this is part of it, right? That's kind of like this yeah, mythological story about how the, the E Street band forms, right? And they're a super
3: tight band, man.
2: Well, that was one of the big changes for this group is they got a
0: new, for this album, they got a new piano player and drummer and apparently the, who they got were much more kind of rock steady and less flourishy. And it kind of helped the song of this album overall. I think in general, this album is, uh, I,
3: I know, I didn't know this album as well as I knew greetings from Esbury park and the wildness and and the East street shuffle, but in general, this album and Rob, you're, you're really into the mix. Uh, I think this album is just mixed way better than the other albums. So you can really hear everything in a lot different way. And he's doing all this poetry that gets lost a lot, even on this album. Like he's, he's right. You know, I had, I like, you guys had to go to genius to check on these lyrics because there's stuff that you miss. And sometimes it's because his voice is buried in the mix. And to me that happens a lot more on the other albums and this one, it really comes through.
0: I was really impressed. I, I got to say, I, this album for me was one of the hardest ones for me to listen to. I don't know what it is about Bruce Springsteen. I would almost rather listen to that kid. A album again. Oh than listen God. To this. I had stop. to put this,
2: let's, let's I, get this, get the fuck out of here. There's I, no way. And what
0: listen, are you talking I'm about not going to say it again. I just, wow. I had trouble this, this, listening to this, this. Rob Rob yeah, trying to be night, too cool. For, this I know is
2: Rob trying to be too cool for school here. And this it, is, bullshit. and I got to say,
0: Bruce Springsteen fans drive me absolutely crazy because like when you go on Wikipedia, for example, half the Wikipedia entries about when he has played each one of these songs live.
2: Oh yeah. And I, and
0: listen, I'm going to be like Russ last week. Russ did a great job. It's not my thing. I think it's great that this is other people's thing. And I love that they keep such great track of it. I don't understand why anybody cares how many times he's played 10th Avenue Freeze Out Live. <laughs> I also don't know why that bothers me so much that people care about
4: that. It does. No. I have a
0: small brain. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to be take Matt's advice, and I'm just going to make try to make this world a better
4: place. But that's like a, you know, groups that are known for their live acts. I mean, that's their thing. You know, you've got the the deadheads, and I mean, even like Pearl Jam's got this, and I'm not going to bring it up Pearl Jam. But there's a whole bunch of other <laughs> live bands. Set so the calendar uh, zero. <laughs> yeah it, it, all of these jam bands that you know it's like well how many times have they played that song when did they play it and i was there for this version and the 2002 version is way better than the 2006 version and you know all of this stuff it's like it's you got this community and it's all about seeing the group live because that's what they're known for and it's just it's just the subculture of the springsteen heads i don't even know if they've got a name but i mean i there's so many people that are one generation ahead of us Matt who called two ahead in of from you. uh two ahead of you cuz you're Yeah, two a, two ahead of me for sure. You know, but Matt, <laughs> one of the guys that called in, uh Matt from Northfield will call him, you know, huge Bruce Springsteen fan, you know, and just lives and dies with Bruce Springsteen. He's, uh, you know, 13 14 years older. I mean, but it's it's like it just the 80s took over uh Bruce Springsteen took over cuz he's so popular with it and his live shows are so good. And you go to them, and you're just instantly hooked. That's what I've heard. I've never seen them live. I can't. T- My brother Jim from Hermit called in. He's seen them live a couple times. And so it's just it's, you just want to it, you just want to talk about it, and you want to say that you've been. And so I I mean I get it. I understand why you're uh you know what your angst is with it, Rob. But it's just the subculture right. of it, and I th- I think the Springsteen people are better than some of the Deadheads and some of the other groups. Because they're not, they don't care, You know, they're not trying to one up you. Like, well, I was at this one. You know, it's just like a, it's more of a, a community thing as opposed to a one upsmanship. Some of these bands are, I don't like them because they're bunch of one uppers, but. Um, you know, like well you didn't know them and I wasn't you weren't around. I I don't like
2: when they do concerts in in Michigan and they call themselves the one oopers. Oh, yeah. I saw that coming and I was smiling
0: the whole way. I love just stand on the tracks, Rob. Nice job tracks, the big
2: trains coming. Yeah. (laughs) Butthead. All right.
0: Next up we have night. Now I think this song does a good job of illustrating what he was going for with this whole record. And Aaron was talking about the mix, which you can't hear because I'm talking over it, but this was his wall of sound idea. He was really trying to take that Phil Spector idea of the wall of sound, which I finally looked up what that means. And that's basically where they all record in the same room. So the songs from the other instruments kind of blend into the microphone of the other instruments. So you're just getting this whole full song right now, but recording this album sounded crazy. I mean, what did they say they had 72 tro- or they had like track after track and he he spent months on these songs trying to perfect this sound he's like he's like a true perfectionist which i didn't realize
2: one thing that i really liked on this song did you guys notice i think we mentioned this aaron might have mentioned this on kid a did you guys notice the glockenspiel on this song
3: yes i did you, you know i did so Russell. so I, I i heard did. the
2: glockenspiel <laughs> and i thought about aaron talking about it and and so i started thinking like hey what are these the great glockenspiel songs but The one glockenspiel song that really jumped out to me that we had talked about before is one of Matt's favorites, and that's Sloop John B. by the Beach Boys. Also featured the glockenspiel. But another artist that has featured the glockenspiel on songs is our guy Beck. So Rob, if you want to pull up the song Uneventful Days by Beck, and he's playing the glockenspiel, and it's very subtle, so you got to listen to it a little bit here.
4: Can you kind of hear it? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's subtle. What is a Glock? I don't know it's what a Glock, really Glock is. What, are, what, am, I, what am I listening for?
0: Matt, let me it's show you the, my glockenspiel like,
4: real quick. Do 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 do. It's the kind of like I, I, oh, did I you what of can't said said. do you hear that? Do you hear that, Rob? I can't see it. I, I think it's, get closer, I, get closer to the camera, I Rob. Know. I can't see it. I think
2: it's one of those okay. ballad instruments. Like Matt, if you actually went to one of your kids' musical performances, like their concerts, and you didn't complain about going, it's like where <laughs> yeah. they play the little xylophone thing. I think it's like a little xylophone. Gotcha. But the interesting thing is now. Now, now, did Bruce Springsteen play the glockenspiel on this album? Hell no. He didn't play the glockenspiel <laughs> on it. But you know who did play the glockenspiel on his album? Beck played the glockenspiel on that song. So I got to ask you guys, who plays the glockenspiel better? That's not even a question. Beck,
0: Beck. did it better. There guys, this, this, is, this is where I go for all my glockenspiel news. God, oh, Russ, you're so brilliant. Glockenspiel news? is such a funny word.
2: Speaking of <laughs> glockenspiel news, I forgot to mention Matt loves the international charts. This song "Uneventful Days" by Beck made it to number thirty-three on the Belgium charts, so I thought you would appreciate that. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, that's good, top fifty. And it also made it to number <laughs> one on the adult, adult alternative songs. But I don't know what the yeah. adult alternative songs mean <laughs> on the on the Belgian.
0: The top five were Glockenspiel hits by the Glockenspiel Brothers. <laughs> oh, I should have thought of a better name than the Glackenspiel Brothers. Uh,
2: do you think we could ever make it out of the adult alternative songs list or not? Like, are we adult enough for that list or not? I think any of yeah, Rob's we covers. Just go,
4: we'll just go to our basement and make a can. <laughs> we don't have track enough instruments. In our you can't fit enough instruments down there.
0: Mm, it's, it's true. I have to play my Glockenspiel in the basement.
2: Hey, when, in, <laughs> when your instrument overfills your diaper, it's not going to fit many places, you know? <laughs> All right, next up we've got
0: uh, Backstreets. Oh man. (laughs) You know what? I have always liked this song. I was wrong about Bruce Springsteen. I do love this. By the way, I gotta talk to you about this video Black
1: video Street, the homies. For Black Street. Mm-hmm.
0: I gotta talk to you what about that Anna guy Kendrick in the background
3: his verse mm-hmm. in Pitch Perfect. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's Bill Withers. That's Everybody Bill Withers.
0: knows a lot of the verses in that song until you get to the female mm-hmm. verse. And everybody's like, I don't know what she's saying. Nobody ever knows what's going on. <laughs> is that, that Lil' Kim? That little that, that video James? had Lil Penny in it. Do you remember Little Penny? I Do remember Little Penny? It was Chris yes. Rock, right? That's yes. Chris
2: Rock's voice with Anthony Hardaway. That is yeah. the that is the
0: most insane hip hop music video to incorporate like a. Wasn't it? It was an ad, right? Like it's just yeah. like yeah. You just put an ad into your music video. It's wild.
2: Honestly, it's probably it. uh,
0: it's probably Foxy Brown on that verse, but I might be wrong. I'm going to be wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say. Look up. Matt's it, I'm going to declare. Look it up and come back five minutes mm-hmm. there. I'm, I'm declaring it right now. I had a bump in my list. Number one, God Only Knows. Number two, Hot for Teacher. Number three is Blackstreet. Okay, no diggity. Great
3: song.
4: Spins <laughs> no a word, the word, curves a verb. I love it. All right. That's, Queen yes. Penn. Somebody called Queen Pen. Yeah, I don't you know
0: Queen Pen me. at all.
4: We got, not,
0: nobody remembers the verse. All right, we got Backstreets.
3: This is the one where the lyrics are. Like the man has so many stories in his head, and then when he goes into the throaty, you know, singing, like that's that's what gets people hooked on the
2: boss. What do you think of the boss when he sings Aaron? Like he's this is another Ubu, this is another unique but useful yeah, singer, right? I love it.
3: Oh this chorus, that sounds, jams, I love that by sound. the way, right? Yeah, I love it. He has I mean he has songs where he struggles, but he doesn't care. He does it anyway. I remember what I really remember vividly about the boss singing is when Prince passed away. And he covered purple rain live and he couldn't do it, but he didn't give a shit.
0: And it's just like the feeling is there. I love it. And then there are times Mm -hmm. where he really nails it. So I I love his voice. (laughs) That song is about him promising a childhood friend, like that they're going to stay together forever. And then kind of how they deal with that. It reminds me so much now of me seeing my kids go through stressful social situations. And I just want to say to them, none of this matters. You are not going to talk to anybody you are going to school with now for the rest of your life. Like once you're past 20 None of this matters, but you can't say that to them because this is like their whole life right now.
3: You're never going to be on a podcast with the first person you met your freshman year of college. Yeah. 21 not years, ha- 23 years later. Not be able to do it. Yeah. You're not going to be there on a podcast.
2: Rob, you might, you, you might ought to be more worried about whether your daughters are going to even talk to you when you keep kicking them out of their room so you can record a podcast at <laughs> night.
0: I'm telling you right now, the other one's having a sleepover and I can hear her banging around in the other room. And I swear to God, if it affects the quality of this podcast, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm going to be so grounded bad. for life.
3: Grounded oh, it's going to be life. bad.
0: <laughs> I mean, can you imagine being a kid though and having a a sleepover in an apartment in like a two bedroom apartment?
2: I and can't then, imagine and then being the a kid dad in New York. Looked like you, and he was—he re- had a microphone set up in the one daughter's room, and was <laughs> yelling at them to keep it down while he was doing a pot. Yeah, that would be weird. No, I, well, I was going to say it seems like heaven. Okay, so I guess I, we're disagreeing. I, I might—I might rather go the Matt style and be prematurely expiated <laughs> or whatever. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Russell, you happen? Oh God,
0: Russell, you can't stay away from that topic. It even. seems so, Russell. <laughs> it's sick, sick that you keep bringing that up. So now we are going to
2: side two. We are back to a high song. This oh, is the- side two means we're doing a different drink. Actually,
0: oh, oh, what are we doing okay. again? Let's hear it.
2: So side two, they switched it in the book. So side two is it called a New Jersey cocktail? Two ounces of Applejack, two dashes of cherry flavored bitters, and granulated sugar. <laughs> 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 Cheers, fellas.
3: That sounds What's, good. Man. Are you doing uh, Russell? Are you doing Laird's eighty six? or Are you doing? Which what, what got oh for Applejack? God.
2: Um, I got the closest <laughs> thing I could find I got the, the Crown Royal Apple I, f- I know that's a little different Ooh, but that's what Crown I'm Roll going with Apple.
3: I really enjoy Applejack but Laird's makes a bonded one that I really like but it's hard to find Applejack is the oldest American oh my God, he's distilled still going. spirit yeah <laughs> I was like, like, like well this is the end this like, is where I hop in and make fun of can't, it can't, yeah,
0: don't hop in Applejack. just
4: let him keep going man
0: <laughs> he needs to get enough umbilical cord to hang himself with <laughs>
4: oh <God. laughs>
0: Now, Matt, what would you say the chances that Joan is going to listen to this podcast?
4: Oh, I don't know. Somebody has to probably tell her how to listen to it. Mm-hmm. So that kind of depends. Yeah. Ooh. Probably 50 50. Oh, no. Okay. Well, Joan, you, I'm so I mean, sorry. You know, obviously, people have brought up, have told her that she was on the podcast talking about being a laundry lady. Obviously, right? no. So- that
0: would not occur to me. We would tell her that we were talking about her doing the laundry. I want to be yeah. very clear. We're making fun of Matt in that situation, not Joan. Thank you. Right, correct. So we are back on, and Aaron Jones listening. So don't laugh when I say this is the
4: titular track on this album. <laughs> oh, oh,
2: you okay. at laughing all the me time.
4: So this, I feel like you bring it, I feel like you bring that up like at random times, just just when <laughs> it's like a lull. Like, uh, no, is I there think, an actually a word a titular? Yeah, track? I, it's the title of the album? I think he brings oh, it up gotcha. with the titular okay. track. Yeah. Hey, check gotcha. this out.
0: I'm going to show you my titular. Tr- Okay.
2: Yeah, put so, put a umbilical cord away when he says that. This
0: is dirty. My titular track is right below my glockenspiel.
2: Oh, it's okay. between
0: my glockenspiel <laughs> and my belly
2: button. All right. So. What? Way up there? <laughs> Rob just keeps banging that mallet down there. This
0: is the 21st song on Rolling Stone's best 500 songs of all time. Mm.
3: I learned today that this is not Max Weinberg on drums.
0: No, it's the guy who they kicked out of the band after they served it. I'm not sure. And this took him six months of working on this song. When they recorded it, it was 72 total tracks. Okay. Including 11 different guitar tracks on the song. So, like, you hear about these guys working with Bruce, and I have this image in my head of like Bruce as being kind of this freewheeling guy of like, oh, this is, uh, you know, we're riding motorcycles and strap onto my engines. But now you realize when you listen to the lyrics, too, he's like pretty stressed out, it sounds like, right? Like he's kind of, am I wrong? Yeah, he's like he's really a perfectionist. Stuff through. He definitely What's that? Go ahead, Rose. I asked like four questions in that sense. That, that was terrible yeah. hosting. First yeah, of all, it, man. the song is well, a crazy perfectionist thing. Second of all, he seems kind of angsty to me. Answer both those questions in a funny way, please.
4: Well, two things. I think, however, they (laughs) crafted this song. There's some just phenomenal, like little tiny parts that aren't in a lot of songs, right? When when he's leading up to the part where before he says, "Baby, you're born to one run," and they're kind of playing that everybody's it's going higher, 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 and they kind of take a little pause, and then it drags into the whoa, and I I can't get enough of that. When that you know some of those pauses that they Mm do, and then then it's like the song dies and starts up again. You know, some of that stuff like think of being there live for that and it just it would be phenomenal if i gotta go see him now after hearing after hearing this because i think it would be phenomenal but i think that he if you read his bio and i haven't read too much of it but i saw netflix had his um his uh, stage play that he had on broadway that was so popular so good yeah you know the guy wanted to be a professional his whole life he just wanted to be a musician you saw elvis and he was like give me a guitar yeah and so he was like mm. 12 or 11 or whatever it was and so i think when you've got that and you're so driven and somebody's telling you like look this is three strikes you're out kind of a thing like you're going to put everything you've got into it and you're going to make it your own and i think he absolutely did it on this and so a perfectionist or just a you know what i would call a professional somebody just getting it right oh um you know it's like a slam on me somehow <laughs> i think we all interpreted
2: no. that as a slam on ourselves we're like well, i don't Okay. Yep. Just every t- every time Matt slams
4: us for not being professional, we drink. <laughs> <laughs> Bottoms up, boys! <laughs> no, so I, you know, I just think it's like anything. You know, you got these quarterbacks who go out right, and they don't they lose the they lose their final game on January second, and on January fourth, they're already out there throwing uh, to receivers again, saying, "Let's get ready for the next season." I think it, it, there's so many different things that play through in life where people are just driven by whatever. Their passion is, and no matter what's going on, uh, you know, the, you're going to do it to the nth degree. And that's what he does with all of these songs. That was Matt's
0: smart comment of the week. Ooh, Ooh that's, some that's smart some shit. Smart shit.
4: This, Ooh, yeah.
3: this song, and I know we've already spent a lot of time on it, but it is, as Rob likes to say, the titular track. And I can't necessarily <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> expand on anything Matt said because it was smarter than what I have to say. But I felt in my, in my, bones this week as i was driving like i was driving around town listening to this song and um i don't want to like get into territory that that's controversial but uh people listening to this podcast may not know that we are four caucasian males uh who are now all over 40 uh and no. oh yeah. wow well, yeah. us white dudes don't have a lot of culture that's uh that's that's our own and Um, most of what we would consider our own, if you look back far enough has been stolen uh, from someone. And for Mm -hmm. sure, this song was stolen from early R and B with the sax sound and, um, a lot of, a lot of the rest of it. But if you are driving in your car and you are a 40 something white man and you are singing along at the top of your lungs to born to run, you, you, that's, that's your culture. You are like, this was the first album that I felt like this is me. This is, uh, you know, this is not me peeking into someone else's life or uh borrowing someone else's feelings and and bruce was borrowing them for me i think but but this feels like oh yeah this this one you know i'm communing with my elders when i'm singing along at born to run at the top of my voice so that this one spoke
4: to me this week is it borrowing or is it just playing on what you've heard yeah right right isn't every isn't everything borrowed i mean yeah yeah there's nothing new under under the sun you know yeah that kind of a thing so i i just sometimes stuff is legitimately stolen and taken as though i created this um you know and i and i think that's maybe what does stick with a lot of people with bruce is that he is a white guy who's playing some pretty i don't know if it's different rock and roll but you throw like the saxophone in there with you know with everything else that's going on it's not the 70s rock it's it's kind of a an upbeat fun bar sound more than anything
2: i think the coolest part of this song to me is it's the clarence clemens it's the saxophone solo right agree oh yeah, absolutely that's when so it just Rob, takes off yeah. yeah. let's hear it
0: i love clarence clemens because he's so big and that saxophone is so small it gave me hope <laughs> in life
2: <laughs> not everyone fills out their diaper right away right <laughs> that's right <laughs> Maybe that's my key. Maybe I should be holding
0: small things more often so I look bigger. Wait, is that what I want? Bigger? I need to so when bigger I was listening to this
2: song, I started thinking, what are the greatest saxophone solos of all time in modern music?
0: It's like shaving your pubes so your dick looks bigger.
2: Sorry, I gotta, I gotta go take care of some business right now. <laughs> okay, don't reference that. I'm editing that out. Sorry, Russell, I interrupted you. All right, so hey, and we're back. I'm gonna give you guys... The list of the most iconic saxophone moments in modern music history. This is where you play the anything we've got a by list Kenny G. Wrong. Oh my god, is Yakety Sax on here?
0: <laughs> yep, that's number one and t- <laughs> one through five.
3: <laughs> it's it's, it's one, time
0: four, three, two, one for another. It is better, 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 better countdown. Countdown. oh.
2: Okay, so when I came up with this list, I said, first, no jazz albums. So there's no jazz, <laughs> jazz forward albums. These are real songs. I I'm don't okay, need Eric going off about songs. these. These are these real, are real songs. songs that people want to hear about. It's not these, like, <laughs> saxophone colossus straight, like, saxophone for two hours or whatever. Also, um, I've got a lot of honorable mentions before I get into this. Pink Floyd Money, Foreign or Urgent, Men at Work. Who can it be now? That's off the list. It did not Yikes. be the list. So I just wow. wanted to call those out. Also, wow. if you include any sort of derivative of the word saxophone in the title of the song, you are out. Oh, that was enough so,
0: for you to get tossed. huh?
2: So Mr. Saxo Beat by Alexander Stan is out. So recent song, out. So here are the top <laughs> five saxophone iconic moments in music history. The first is Jerry Rafferty's Baker Street. Oh. Let's see if you know this one. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. I hate this song. I didn't know this was by Jerry Rafferty. That's a good pole rustling. So this was in 1978, a few years after Born to Run. And uh, this was done by this guy named Raphael Ravenscroft. And he was a session musician. And he essentially said, hey, we should put this in the middle of the song. And they did it. And it became this iconic saxophone moment. And this also led to something called the Baker Street Phenomenon which led to a resurgence in the sales of saxophones and their use in mainstream pop music. So I thought that was really cool. Oh, I like that. I, like I that.
0: can't wait till our podcast increased Glockenspiel sales everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: like, we can't keep enough Glockenspiels <laughs> and Bureau's in stock. Everybody keeps buying them. <laughs> the next one on the list is George Michael, Careless Whisper. Let's see if oh, you guys remember oh, this man. one. Yes, I remember that is uh, saxophone, right?
3: Josh Reddick, when he was with the Oakland A's, used this as his walk-up music, which was really one of my favorite favorite major <laughs> <New laughs> league baseball moments. That's pretty good. It was That's so good. good.
2: One thing I thought you guys would like oh, is George Michael oh. had 11 different saxophone players play this before he found the right one. I thought that was oh, crazy. Like that. So we, he we hear about these, these artists that are so particular about it. He had 11 people play it before he found the right one. George Michael is
0: another guy who's got caught doing some stuff for science. <laughs>
2: rest
0: in, in peace. peace no well Aaron <laughs> god damn it Aaron. <laughs> hey I can't little, make fun of a guy for having a tryst in a public bathroom and you say R.I.P. we cannot do that <laughs> you
3: said, said tryst you can bleep it out
2: and then Aaron like motioned <laughs> towards his face with a tear it was
0: so inappropriate Aaron. <laughs>
2: that number guy loves getting blown
0: in public bathrooms
2: <laughs> <laughs> number three on the list is the outro to Rick James super freak you guys will recognize oh, this yes. one oh yes
0: and she will never let your
2: spirits
0: down.
3: Once you get check this out. Oh, yeah, this is great.
2: That's saxophone, right? Rick James oh, made yeah. nothing but jams all day. His I was first- like a third chair saxophone player when I was a kid, and I remember. The teacher once told me I should challenge the number two chair, but I sat next to this really cute girl. It's like, I don't want to challenge. I don't want to get bumped up to number two chair. So I stayed as a third chair because I oh, was like, I like I'm, I'm happy sitting next to chair four.
0: But what if it's that music you, teacher would have yelled to you, Blow Daddy? I feel like that would encourage you to do better. Like, I think if people yelled Blow Daddy to me more often, I'd be set. Like, anything I'm about to do, just Blow Daddy. would be like, hey, I'm making these balloons anybody for wants a to party. to yell blow daddy. blow daddy at Rob. Call into the background. <laughs> blow daddy. Call into Rob. What's that number again, Rob? That number to say blow daddy to me is 802 277
4: Beck. Beck. I think we had about 14, 15 people calling for my birthday. Let's see if we can beat that for next week. 16 people telling Rob to blow daddy.
0: <laughs> well, no, it's not blow daddy, it's blow daddy. Blow daddy. <laughs>
2: Blow daddy No, don't
0: say it like that. I do not like that. <laughs>
2: Blue <Blow> daddy. <laughs> All right, next up on the list is Bob Seger, old-time rock and roll. It's also famous obviously for Tom Cruise and everything, but check out the saxophone oh, here. Well. All
4: right, Rosie. Wait, is he passed too?
2: Anthony <laughs>
4: just passed a couple days ago. He did oh, actually, I didn't know Matt. That. Alto
2: Reed, just, it was two days ago from when we recorded this, because Rob <laughs> makes sure we tell people what exact date we're recording. He's six on feet now. below, Daddy. But this guy, Alto Bello. Reed, who played this, also played uh, on Bob Seeger's Turn the Page. He played with George Thorogood, Grand Funk Railroad, and Rob's guys, Dan Aykroyd and James Belushi, he played with oh, the Blues yes. Brothers. Okay,
0: okay. Not my guys. I didn't. First of all, I, was, I had George Thorogood albums. I never One
2: interesting fact about this song other than like the whole Tom Cruise thing. Did you guys know this is the number 2 most popular jukebox song of all time? What? Yeah, it's the end. second okay, wait, most played wait, 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 jukebox wait, wait. song ever.
0: We each get one guess at the number one jukebox song. Of I'll give time. you,
2: guys each one guess. Aaron gets to go first. So my <sighs> guess is Aaron will guess someone we've never heard of that has nothing to do with that's ever yeah. been played on a jukebox. But we'll let Aaron I'm gonna go. Okay, let's go. I'm going to go Unchained Melody by the Rice.
3: <laughs> you do so much.
4: Oh, oh a good guess. But that's incorrect. Ah. Matt. I'm going to go with uh, In the Jungle by The Tokens. Oh, <laughs> Wait! Can't you hear it? You can hear it. Rob's playing it ro- behind us Bat's, right now. Matt's so. stealing Aaron's bid.
0: <laughs> Rob, what's your guess?
4: You know what? R.I.P. Tokens.
0: Uh, let's see. My guess would be. Uh, I'm going to say "Jukebox Hero" by Foreigner.
2: Also a great guess. You guys are all correct. The correct answer was actually Ross Perot's campaign song. "It's Crazy" by Patsy <laughs> Klein was the number one jukebox played song of all time.
3: Oh, can you imagine how depressing some of those moments would be? Like late night at a (laughs) half-empty bar, crazy comes on. You're like, I got to go. At the L&M. I down there at the L&M. like a whole stack of Lone Stars in front of you. You got to get
0: out of there.
2: I've got a full beard. My date didn't show up for the night. That's (laughs) like Nancy Klein is just playing over and over. (laughs) That's You look over at somebody and
0: say, below, daddy. (laughs) Does that work? (laughs) I feel like this is getting off track. (laughs)
2: I'm going to get to the number one saxophone moment In modern music history And it's the best because the song title is also The best This is Tina Turner We often know this is simply the best Here we go
4: So good Right Anything say 1984 More than like an awesome saxophone Solo like this
2: My, there were no. so many 1981 Wait. songs I can't even tell you guys. There were dozens of amazing 1981. So I, I, think that when I was telling you guys that Jerry Rafferty, that Baker Street, really mm-hmm. led to all these musicians using the saxophone like throughout the 80s. And but there were a couple good ones there. I enjoyed them.
3: But you're right. It's a similar sound. All of them have like a very yeah. Like you, you could you could probably argue that that
0: Rafferty song inspired all of them. Hmm. Boy, saxophone solo. So many jokes for us to make. But moving on. Uh, so listen, Hello,
3: Russell, daddy. But let's just give a hats off to Russell nailing another list. That was fantastic. That was great. Both. This was song, great.
0: She's the One, is number oh, 63 the Bo
3: Diddley Rhythm
0: on Rolling Stone's 100 Greatest Bruce Born Springsteen songs. <laughs> hand, so, baby. I'm going to say that again because I don't think Aaron Born heard me. It's the 100 Greatest. Hand,
3: child, <laughs> All
0: right, she's the, song the one. That
2: references soft French green <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Rob. I'm listening.
0: This is 63 on Rolling Stone's top 100 greatest Bruce Springsteen songs.
2: I don't like when Aaron talks over Rob's Wikipedia facts. <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't like Aaron bossing me around like this. I don't know. But this I that just shows why this album, I think, is so high up in this list. Rolling Stone loves Bruce Springsteen. They think he's the greatest thing of all time. The fact that they have a list of the 100 greatest Bruce Springsteen songs might give you but again, a silly...
4: their readership and the people that are running that magazine... It's uh,
0: the Venn diagram is a circle for sure. Right. Between the, I enjoyed this album, but
2: don't you guys, I think that's the weak point of the album. I feel like Mm -hmm. that song was like building to something, building to something. And then it never happens. What did you guys think? It's my favorite song on the album. (laughs) It's the first first time.
3: I said, it's my favorite song on the album. I mean, that's fair. It's the first time Russell and I totally diverge.
0: I like this. It's giving me a strange tinkly feeling in my Glockenspiel. I really like it.
3: There, like there are other, I think there are songs that are better probably, but I love this one cause I'm just a sucker for that rhythm. And I also like that he's sort of looking forward. Like I, I think this kind of like tinkly piano intro is a lot tinkly. like other tink- prog that. rock that was going on around the time. <laughs>
2: Here, don't and then
3: that the, hand motion. The, the boat diddly rhythm yeah. is like such classic, you know, thing i think it's cool he's like oh well, we heard it for the first five minutes of the, the song while you're
0: clapping over I, it
2: i, I think we, <laughs> t- to be fair i think the three of us only know bo Diddley from the from the advertisement with bo jackson back in the day where it's hey yeah, bo right you don't know Diddley. like i don't know anything of bo Diddley's music do you guys or rob
4: uh i mean just from a little bit of some uh rolling stone stuff i mean they were hugely influenced by bo Diddley's work and some of that so yeah i i mean i've heard some of it but again most of it's because of uh people sampling it and coming in and making it their own
0: russell at what point did you realize that you and i are the dumb shits on this podcast like did that that happen just recently because i think it just clicked in for me that i'm the only one who doesn't know what's going on
2: that's a pretty terrible way to start my new year but i'll get through it i'll get through it (laughs) This is January I 1. I realize, I'm, Listen. I realize I'm the dumbass on the podcast. Well, I don't going know that down. much You're about Bo either. I just I'll just, this I'll just the keep swiping with my <laughs> beard picture over here, and I'll be all right. I'll be all right.
3: <sighs> no, I, I think I think it's like, uh, Russell, I think for you to say it's the low point on the album is a completely defensible position. For me, I just, I really like this song, but it might suck. I don't know. So that's, uh, I mean, for me, it's this song and the point in Backstreet's where he goes nuts. Like, that's what I love. We have meeting
0: meeting across the river. It's kind this of a song sounds like it's
3: from West Side Story or something. This, yeah.
0: this is the craziest song we've listened to so far.
2: They say this that this song typical, is this a is Springsteen, New This Jersey is this the one app. where he's talking about like, hey, they're going to rob someone. They, yeah. they, this, yeah. Is, yeah. this is a lyrical disaster, right? <laughs> <Yes>. Well,
0: <laughs> And so what they say, he's talking about how he wants to go and do he needs a ride over to do this crime and then he's going to come back with a pile of money and throw it on the bed and show the woman that he's with like, Hey, I did this. It's not just talk. What's the dumbest thing you guys have ever done to impress a woman? And I'll go first. Well, okay. Cause uh, I, 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 want me... you, I want you to think about it, <laughs> yeah. but I will tell you right now, I was dating a girl in high school. Okay. So I'm going to wait for everybody to be pretty impressed by that. And <laughs> then, uh, and that kind of leads, shows you the mindset I had at the time, which is where she said, you should start wearing sweater vests. Now, if you look at me, <laughs> okay. Probably the last part of my body I should be trying to emphasize is the middle. Okay. <laughs> let's just put it this way. I have done very well in quarantine wearing a mask around to most places. So instead I wore a sweater vest, but not just anywhere. Hey, it was my high school was playing in the sectional Denver championship, well the <laughs> sectional championship games. Now the fact that this happened to me when I was about 13 and I can still remember it very, very vividly. Actually, I'm going to say 16 because I realized I probably drove there if it was high school. I'm wearing a sweater vest and I walk into a arena of everyone in my high school watching the basketball game and every single person turned and laughed at me because I was wearing a sweater vest that my girlfriend had bought for me and I was Did wearing to a, try to impress her. All-time disaster. No shirt underneath? Because you're gonna experience some chap nipples if that happens. No, that would have rocked. I was wearing an Eddie Bauer button-up plaid shirt. I'm sure it was like not wash, you know, it's like right off the cardboard. Like you can still see the creases in it <laughs> the from being there. In it, creases you know
3: I mean? in it? Yes. And I was like, if that this was, will
0: get this girl to kiss me five more times before this is, by the way, the same girl that I drove away fast after we that's broke what up. I was that, that, ask. Yeah, is this the one? I'm gonna drive away really fast. Was it fast? all the same
2: night or not? No, it, but no. This, and, then, it, and then you got home and you your whole your whole upper torso was chafed from your, your sweater vest. And It was like I drove fast, Driving away fast. Yeah, I'm worried. I got I almost got pulled over. I'm chafing right now. It's, what a disaster of a night,
0: guys. If I find a picture of me in one of these sweater vests, I'll send it to you because I'm sure my parents took me a. Picture. A picture of me like oh look at this guy what a joke like when my kids start doing dumb stuff like that i gotta take a picture i gotta be there i gotta have can in. i
2: tell you guys the worst worst fashion decision i ever made in high school like do mm, you guys yes. remember okay, when dude. like colored jeans became a thing like you, people would have oh, like no. green jeans yes, or red yeah. or white like different color like very distinct color jeans that were not blue not right. navy or black and i got white jeans yes and then i also got like Whoa. a white denim shirt Oh, like, no. so I wore like the all oh, white thing. I yes. remember like getting up and you
0: thinking, were in like, boys to color men. me bad.
2: I was like, I'm gonna look so badass and I walked upstairs and my mom looked at me and just started dying laughing. Like, you look like a fucking painter. Go change your clothes. <laughs> I remember thinking, like, I am just going to kill it. Like, I, I am a man right now. And, and, and I didn't even make it out the door before my mom ripped me and I had to go change my clothes.
0: Yeah, I got to say, walking upstairs and having your mom laugh at you is not a great confidence builder to your day. <laughs> oh, my God.
2: I, I'm sure the white denim shirt would have looked great with regular jeans. But What's uh, the most embarrassing that's that's thing
0: you've done for a woman, Aaron? You didn't want to say it, so now you say it, you sick, sick freak.
3: Most embarrassing? or Oh, no. I
0: mean, what's the most? What's the? Yeah, what's the? Mo- I don't know. Whatever. The dumbest, most embarrassing. Here,
2: just tell a story that we can make fun of. It'll be easy. It'll be easy. <laughs> I mean, just we've to tell discussed a story. My
0: turntable purchase. So
3: like I, you know, I got together with my lady, and she owned some some vinyl. She owned some opera records on vinyl, and I did not have a turntable. So I think I had you know two hundred dollars to my name at the time, and I went and spent you know four hundred and fifty dollars on a turntable and some speakers, and I was like, hey, <laughs> buy but the hey, stuff you come you play over, now we on. can play
2: that phantom of the opera like, but um, come on over now i
3: hope you don't mind paying for <laughs> yeah. you know sandwiches because <laughs> that's all that yeah. was it like <laughs> my great Waiting next for the next few weeks but on the turntables so that, that's, that's probably player. it
0: for me yeah <laughs> i do like that russell's pull for opera music was phantom of the opera well, <laughs> that's that's maybe <laughs> all right now we are all the way up to the eighth song and final song jungle land eight tracks perfect four and four I know this album it has everything. I should like it. I should. Right. It's a very piano-driven kind of album, right? I do kind of like it. Well, this whole album was written on the piano. Springsteen wrote all of these on the piano. This was the song he piano. that he... It was a centerpiece of this whole album. They were building around it the whole time. This was 19 months of rehearsing uh, for this album.
2: I think this is... Uh- fantastic ending of an album like there's a point yeah. with like six minutes in where you think it's kind of over and then it builds back up and you're like i kind of just wanted it to end but it keeps going and you're like no they, yeah. they hit it right on the nose
0: yeah. yeah the song's all about these guys talking about like so many bruce springsteen songs of you know uh new jersey kids thinking about escaping their town and going to the great world i had zero of those inclinations growing up i never wanted to leave i'd be happy i think living in like my parents house in the basement i'd be just thrilled i wanted to stay in my hometown forever and ever but,
3: but you can probably fit a lot of instruments in there you had a nice a nice upbringing around
0: <clears throat> that was so good aaron that was such a good callback i gotta give you credit for that nice work <laughs> and the answer is yes actually i do have a lot of my old equipment still in my parents basement i think there's a bass guitar down there there's a trombone there's a drum set i never learned how to play all that stuff is still down there. No problem.
2: Is there a white denim, <laughs> white denim shirt that I can borrow or not? Yeah, kind there's like... Reinventing, there's, reinventing myself and I could use one.
0: There's 10 sweater vests down there. No big deal. But I don't know. I just... It, I, the idea of like... I, I can totally see that of like when you're younger saying... Actually, I can't. I never understood that. Like of leaving my hometown to go off and find well, great things. I, I, mean, I never I think, wanted you know, to do that.
4: But you think about... I think it kind of goes back to a lot of it. I think everybody in the neighborhood, all of their dads worked at like the plant, Yeah, Or right? everybody works at one company and it's just, that's where you, if you don't get an education or get out, you're just going to end up working at the plant or the the factory or whatever it is. And so when you've got those factory towns, that's the, I just got, I, I'm not going to go work at that factory where everybody else is going. That, so That's a good point because in, in,
0: in my hometown, the main factory was the uh, male clinic hospital. So everybody knew we're doctors. So I was like, oh, I kind of want to stay and work at this factory town. <laughs> yeah. Turned out I wasn't good enough at organic chemistry to stay and work at that factory. So no I'm teaching. <laughs> but this is, also has another epic sax solo with Clarence Clemens. He 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 rehearsed this for he played this for 16 hours with Bruce until Bruce thought it was good enough. Sax wow. S-A-S. Oh, oh, is what Aaron just texted me.
2: Aaron. The horns on this album are just awesome, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this I mean E Street, I would say so B
0: Plus Street. That's-
2: when I was looking at Clarence <laughs> Clements, I noticed that he also played Edge of Glory with Lady Gaga. Did you guys know that? I did not know that. Yeah. Really? So Ed, the, the sax solo on Edge of Glory with Lady Gaga is Clarence Clemens. He played it a few years before he died. Wow. wow that's awesome. Band. Clarence Clemens was
0: great. He used to go on Howard Stern and he was filthy dirty. So, for some reason, I really enjoyed that. Who knows why? Could be anything.
3: It's, not usually at Props Alley, but
0: yeah, I make an exception here and there. You know, I'm not sure. Special circumstances. Yeah. <laughs> Every once in a while, I put on my sweater vest to get down into the muck. All right, let's get into everybody's favorite section, which is set again in The Sting. It's just. And now it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show the path yeah, and no. Beck did it better rating system. You got a patent, oh, huh? I, yeah. Pa- oh,
4: yeah. yeah. What's our patent number? Worried that? about somebody stealing this rating system, are we? Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's also an invention that does something, therefore a patent and not a trademark. Okay. Oh, but, gotcha. you know, legal stuff. You guys probably don't know a lot about that. Here's the deal. <laughs> I say potato. I say potato. Is this in the Beck did it better patented rating system? Is this album rolling well toned at 21? It's right where it should be. It's perfect. Everybody thinks it's great. Is it rolling boned, meaning that it the album itself got boned? It's too low on the list. It should be higher on the list, meaning in this case, a lower number. So it should be 20 or below. We should have heard this already instead of at 21. Or is this album a rolling groan? It is too high on the list. Now, normally, okay, being up top on a list is good. In this case, it's bad because this list goes from 100 down to zero because that's how the Rolling Stone website is set up with one at the bottom because they got those clicks. They want those clicks so bad. So now that this is clear, rolling grown, you don't like it. Rolling bone, you do like it. Rolling well-toned, it's fine. Okay, so those of you that listen to this part, why? Why do you do this? Who cares what we think about this? But uh, let's go, Matt. What do you think? Rolling well-toned, rolling bone, or rolling grown? If you need an explanation, let me know. I'm happy to explain it.
4: So let me get this straight. If I think yeah, it's I'm in. I'll perfect, do it. then I say it's rolling boned because throwing it a bone? Or, no. no. I'm kidding. i think it's rolling well toned i uh springsteen is a juggernaut of a rock musician and you know having an album in the top 25 um he certainly deserves it this album i think is great um i'm not going to pretend to know kind of the back history and all the musicians and everything but me personally i loved listening to it with all the musicality it had to present it when it was a rock album that had piano and saxophone and all of these different musicians playing. So I thought it was a great album. I uh, just going to wrap it up by saying rolling well-toned.
0: All right, Russell, what do you think? Rolling well-toned, rolling Bone, or rolling grown?
2: Kind of similar to Matt. I really enjoyed the album at first. I wondered whether it would have been better if born to run cranked off right at the beginning of the album. But I think the album kind of has like a crescendo and it kind of builds to that. And then it kind of builds back down in the end with, the jungle and I think is just a fantastic ending to it. So I really enjoyed it. I loved all the horns on it. And part of me gives maybe the horns too much credit, but I really loved Clemens and, and the, the trumpets and the different, the different horns on the album. And I also loved all the references to the rats. It made me think of my friend Aaron, when there was like five to six references to all these rats and what they were doing. So because of the references to the rats, I'm going to give it the credit it deserves and say it's rolling. Well, toned Aaron, what do you think? I'm, uh, I'm going to go borderline
3: rolling boned on this one. I agree with uh, Matt and Russell on, on this one. The the band you it's, it's hard to find a band that is as tight as this one. Um, I love thinking about the fact that this album and songs in the key of life are released one year apart. Mm. And uh, in in my mind, both of them are looking to other genres and, and perhaps looking backward and forward at the same time. Songs in the key of life are looking more toward jazz this one looking more toward classic American R&B. But I think this is as good as rock and roll gets. The, the band is super tight. The Springsteen charisma is great. The poetry that he writes is excellent. I love his voice when, it, when it's right in the pocket. And I respect it when it's trying and reaching and falling short. And I think it might be better than Blood on the Tracks as an album for me. So I'm, I'm going to go rolling well-toned, but a borderline rolling boned.
0: All right. The correct answer is this album gets a rolling bayon because it was talking a lot about New Jersey and that's a city and you guys wouldn't understand that.
2: All right. <laughs> well well, the way Rob started this album with, so with this terrible jokes finishes. is the way he's gonna end it.
4: <laughs> Matt and so we home. don't understand that joke, much like we don't understand the rating system as a whole. So it's just par <laughs> it for the works. course Let's of the whole works. thing.
0: So it all works. It's just like when you guys were talking about not drinking pop. I was like, I don't understand what they're saying. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't care. I'm on the East Coast now. Burp, burp, burp. All right. Ah! Next up, we've got ooh, Notorious B.I.G. ready to oh, die. Wow. Gonna no. It's going to be a three-hour oh, one. I Eric just mind. had yeah. a physical moment
2: of the Zoom call. <laughs> I got to ask you, you guys something. A physical something. Re- reaction.
0: Give me the loop. Give me the loop. I have never, ever, ever listened to Notorious B.I.G. Oh,
2: ever. my God. Oh, you are in for, for such a treat. I like
0: yes. songs that are about having sex and sometimes get dirty. Am I going to enjoy this album?
4: <laughs> all right. That's <laughs> honestly, it. It's, track know, eight, honestly, it's track eight is going to be right here. I can't in your wait. Yep. I can't wait.
0: That is it for Beck. Did Give it me the loot. better Give me the loot. when you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time. But you're just too lazy to look it up online. If you want to hear from guys who chat and then they get off track,
4: I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack.
0: Beck did it better. This episode is kind of the sweater vest of Beck did it better. <laughs> <laughs> it just uh, looks, chiefs, looks a cool, lot of chafing, but gets laughed at. <laughs> Oh my God, I just had a flashback.
2: <laughs> oh, I did, <laughs> though. <That's okay>. Oh, I'm gonna have the week and end on that. It <laughs> Ended there. it there. St- it's done. Everyone has stopped. <laughs> <laughs>